Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. Um, when I first started this show, I was a little bit nervous that like, maybe there's not that many interesting people to talk to, like no offense to people, but like sort of had ideas about who I wanted to have on. Um, and I thought, well, maybe that'll be like a season of shows, but like, I don't know if I'll have um, more than a season. And then Baruch Hashem, there's interesting people in the world. Who knew? Um, I'm really just always on the lookout for people to have on the show. Um, and for people that don't realize, this is more than just a podcast or a radio show. We're actually a nonprofit called Jew in the City. Our mission is to reverse negative associations about religious Jews. We do this by putting forth an approach based on kindness, tolerance, sincerity, and critical thinking. Or the Jewish way of saying that is menschlichkeit, ehrlichkeit, and seichel. And we also show that Orthodox Judaism can be meaningful and engaging. And we believe our job is to both publicize that knowledge and help Jews have pathways to achieve that kind of orthodoxy should they want to. And so since I'm always on the lookout for interesting stories, and since we try to align interesting stories to things that are timely, because that's sort of best practices for publishing things, I've had a, a football story that I've wanted to uh, you know, do for a while now. We have these good friends in Lakewood, New Jersey. We've been going to, I mean, literally since I'm 17 years, 17 years old, um, the wife has been calling me basically every Arab Shabbos since then. I'm a little bit older than 17 now. Um, and they are just a great example of, um, I think you would call them Heimish, um, giving, loving, quote unquote, normal, down to earth. Um, and part of that sort of lifestyle of kind of being well-rounded is, their kids play sports. Their kids have interests. One of their kids took painting lessons. Um, they're just super serious Jews in every way, every best way imaginable. Um, and I know that in some parts of the, you know, Haredi or Heimish world, sports are less encouraged as kids get older. And I love the fact that this family was doing this. And I asked a little more about what they were doing. Um, and we discovered that there is an organization, there's a company in Lakewood, New Jersey called Red Zone Football um, or RD, RDF, I believe is what there's, no, RZF, there we go. Um, its uh, founders and owners are Moshe Reichman and Yitzchak Levy, who are here with us today. And with the Super Bowl coming up, this seemed like a sort of apropos time to talk football. So uh, Moshe and Yitzchak, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. So Yes. Yeah, so um, if you could just tell our listeners first a little bit about um, who each of you are, where you grew up in terms of location and in terms of religiosity. So this is um, Yitzhi Levy speaking. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of it. And Maishi um, grew up in Brooklyn as well. And we were classmates in ninth grade. That's when we first met. And now uh, we'll say a couple of years later, we're still good friends. And we grew up, we went to Yeshiva Teretzmima, where we grew up in mainstream religious orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. And so now talk to us about um, your, well, first of all, let's talk a little about what um, RZF is. Um, I believe we discussed that you are serving a thousand children in the Lakewood area. Um, close to a thousand, yeah. Over, and what's, over the, yeah. what sports do you offer? So our main program is flag football. And that's our um, flagship program, no pun intended. And we've mm -hmm. been running that for about eight years now. Mm -hmm. Over the past couple of years, we've taken the opportunity that we've given to boys and we've expanded to girls as well. Now, girls not necessarily 
want to be playing uh, football. So we expanded it into um, girls' soccer and girls' basketball programs with Bar Hashem, great success. Amazing. So um, where did you get the idea to start this? Like, was this your like main parnasa or you did something else? And then this kind of was a hobby on the side. Like, tell, take us through the evolution of RZF. Hi, Af, and how are you? It's Maisha Reichman. Um, so pretty much what happened was me and Yitzi were both full-time in yeshiva at the time, probably each married around uh, to four or five years. And I had heard that there was actually a from football league in Queens. And I thought that it would be a great idea to, uh, to try to have something like this in Lakewood. And I happened to bump into Yitzi outside of the Yeshiva building. And I was like, yes, you know, I really think that it's a good idea to have a football league here in Lakewood. And he was like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I wonder if um, kids will go for it. I, we never, um, it would be the first time such a thing would be going on in, in Lakewood. And that night, Yitzi just put an ad into the newspaper, and I was like, whoa, that was fast. <laughs> I like and it. Within a few hours, we had a number of calls. I think our first season, we had around 40 to 50 kids, and it doubled and tripled, and now, I don't know what 1,000 divided by 50 is, but it's a lot. So, uh, Baruch Hashem, we really, really got a great feedback and, and a lot of growth in a little time. So what is your connection to football? Meaning, like, I know that, you know, depending on different communities um, are more or less encouraging of uh, sports or athletics. So what was each of your personal experiences with football and or athletics growing up? So that's a great question. Both of us have been playing sports probably uh, since the cradle. We can call it growing up in Brooklyn. It was always encouraged. Um, we played over the years happens to be when we were both in Israel. Ironically, we were on the JM and the AM team in the football league. Nice. I, so, um, you know, that, that's really what, what, what we are, where it's been. When you, when you speak about um, communities that encourage sports, the Lakewood community encourages playing sports on a very, very high level. Mm -hmm. They push the boys to play sports. Um, we have principals in, of the mainstream yeshivas in Lakewood who send their own sons to our league, and they recommend boys in their yeshivas to come to our league. So it is very, it's something that they believe in, and they believe sports is a wonderful outlet for children. I mean, I agree, but I mean, there must be, there certainly is, um, you know, so a second thing um, for listeners that are new to the show we're also dealing with people that have um, had negative experiences in the from world. Some, you know, sort of either people who dropped out or are living double lives or, you know, their negative experiences um, have made them have a really complicated relationship to Judaism. I know the people that are coming to us are from some of the most insular parts of the, the from world where sports were not encouraged. And I mean, honestly, the, the first guy that I met that gave me the idea to start Project Mockbum told me that after 10 years old, he had to stop playing sports. So um, wow. is that just sort of community by community, would you say? Or is there any part of, you know, the Lakewood world? Or is that maybe more of a Hasidic versus Litfish thing? Like, did you have any thoughts about, you know, sort of where that divide is? Um, it's a really a, a great question. I, and we really can't speak for more than the communities that we grew up in in Brooklyn. Okay. definitely weren't the Hasidic communities uh, and we were encouraged to play ball. You know, we went to the same camp, our yeshiva ran a camp. We played ball, I can't say night and day, but most of the night and most of the day. Um, 
in, in Lakewood, in eight years, I, we've got to say that we've had virtually zero pushback to our program. It, may, it, it probably surprises many, but we've had um, the encouragement has been great. The pushback has been almost zero. Hmm. Yeah, and I've learned with boys in many different yeshivas, very yeshivish, also Haimish and Hasidish, and all the Menahalim and principals in those places that, that I've been around all encourage the boys to play sports on some level. They really think that it's great exercise, healthy, and just a great outlet for them. So our experience has been very positive about sports in our, in our circle. And, and that includes the Lakewood has a growing Hasidic community. We have boys from the Hasidic yeshivas in Lakewood as well. And so far, no pushback. You know, I love, I, it's such a, it's such a fine dance that I do back and forth because my world for so many years was only exposed to positive Orthodox experiences and people living healthy, um, you know, from lives. Um, and I got pushback from the people that had these negative exp abusive experiences. And they told me that I was clueless and I didn't even know what was going on. And now my world has, you know, 150 people from dysfunctional and abusive situations. And I realized that they're, you know, the most extreme schools, the most dysfunctional families. I mean, that's really who's coming to us. Um, but it's, and I, for myself, I constantly try to make sure that I'm a sort of yeshar in my understanding that like, there are problems, it's mostly good, but we can't ignore the bad. Um, but it's really so um, heartwarming to hear that this response is because it, it just seems like a normal thing that, you know, a kids need to burn off energy and, you know, um, having a team playing and sort of figuring out strategy and working in a group just all seems like, I don't know, being a religious Jew should just mean having values like this. Um, the New York Times did an article a few years ago about, it might have been a Satmar camp where the boys sit and learn for like 15 hours a day and do no physical activity. And of course the media loves to pick up on, again, the most extreme stories, but um, this is really uh, wonderful to hear. Have you yeah, ever looked- well, We have a number of people, including including um, the source who you, who you uh, referred to before, yeah. whose children actually went to Satmar mm -hmm. and um, they are uh, big ball players. And, and the yeah. Satmar yard that I pass by often has a volleyball court there, and the kids are all into it. And I, I don't see them hiding from the rabbis. So Baruch Hashem, it really seems like these days it's, it's very is this so? Would, would you say that this is maybe a change in certain communities, that maybe places that were less into sports have become more open to it, realizing now that it does promote a certain healthiness and active lifestyle? I would give that an unequivocal yes. Now, again, okay. it's hard to talk for communities outside Lakewood and even Satmar outside Lakewood, but... Um, you know, when we think about it, if we were to try doing this 20 years ago in Lakewood, would we have received more pushback? It's possible. Mm -hmm. it's, but I believe that um, a lot of the institutions of, of learning, a lot of the yeshivas and schools, what they realize is that today more than ever, children need healthy outlets. And when you weigh the, the pros and cons of all the outlets that are out there, sports, playing sports is at the top if, if not the top outlet that they really want their children in their schools to be part of. I mean, one of my, um, someone that's part of our team um, told me that he was in a cab, uh, an Uber, that's what they're called nowadays, uh, a couple months ago. And he had an Uber driver from Israel, a guy that 
was raised in a very Haredi community and he got kicked out of school because someone saw him like playing basketball somewhere. Um, it wasn't on Shabbos. It wasn't, you know, uh, breaking Shabbos. It was literally just saw him playing ball. Um, and he got thrown out of his yeshiva and his uh, Jewish connection at that point ended. Um, so this is definitely uh, a positive thing to hear. Have you ever looked into any like Torah sources of, as to why um, sports is a good thing other than just like Seichel tells us it is? Is that some, uh, something either of you have ever uh, been interested in? So we've, it's really probably hard to find it in earlier sources because ball playing wasn't such a prevalent thing. What we have asked many, um, you know, Rashi Yeshiva and Gedalim about it, and their their feedback has always been positive. That's, that has been the extent of our research on this. But when you bring up Israel, it is funny because, um, you know, the success and growth of our programs has, people hear about it. And last year, I helped an individual based in Yerushalayim start his own football program, a flag football program, I believe, in Gansakar that he did last year on Fridays. And he had 40 to 50 boys every Friday in his first year. And I encouraged him to continue and to grow. It may be that uh, walls, even in the, in the more insular communities, are breaking down a little bit. That's what I, may, mm -hmm. I would say. What do you think happened in the last 20 years when you say that if we tried this 20 years ago, it may not have um, been as successful? Is it social media or the internet? Is it... Um, people, I don't know, like, do you have any thoughts about why the world has changed? Because I've only been religious for 20 years, so I can't really speak to where the world was before. You know, 20 years is, is, a, is, a, is, is a vague number. It may be, you know, even longer than that, maybe not as long as that. But I feel, I mean, I'll tell you, in the afternoons, I'm actually a principal in a high school here in Lakewood. So I do get to be somewhat involved in the kind of, of our children. And I see the world of Chinuch has has evolved in the last 20 years, probably more than in the previous uh, 60 years combined. In that the the mechanchim and the educators of our world are, are getting smarter and using data and using their ideas to understand what breeds success and what breeds you know un the unfortunate situations that you end up seeing unfortunately too often and yeah. I, I believe that they, that they come to the realization that healthy outlets are of utmost importance. I think another way that it's evolved a little bit, I, I remember 20 years ago when we were kids there was a lot, there were a lot of kids playing sports. It was always accepted in our circles. The idea that we had, that we took a little bit to the next level is the fact that we made it Structured and we mm -hmm. break it into small groups, and everybody has a team. So that that makes it a little bit more structured, and um, it's it it gives it gives the games a higher quality, and it gives all the kids. It encompasses all kids on all levels to really enjoy themselves. So that that was, and that's been more common now in in a lot of places to have structured good games where where kids all kids could really be included and enjoy themselves more, which is which is less like that. It was less official, I would say, 10, 15, even a short 20 years ago. Have you gotten any feedback from parents that um, the kids playing ball helped them have the ability to sit longer and learn or change their attitude in other ways, like any sort of uh, anecdotes? A ton. 
a ton, an enormous, enormous amount. Of parents have called me and told me that I, that our programs have changed their kids' lives. Now, I don't think that most kids like would would be you know broken without it, but there are kids, many kids that have really, really become different people because they were able to have sports as a real uh, a real good outlet. I'll give you an example of one boy who we're pretty close with. He was a member of our leagues probably from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and he slowly, you know, left much of his um, Judaism behind. But the one time he would wake up before 2 p.m. on any given day was his Fridays. Because Fridays he would wake up and look forward to sports. And we kept the connection with him. And slowly but surely he went through his rough patch where, you know, and now he's about 18, 19 years old. He's learning in Israel and he's doing really well. And, you know, his, 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 his connection to playing ball in our program and elsewhere is what pretty much got him through his rough patch in life. Mm-hmm. Do you have any cases where parents were on the fence at first about uh, signing the kid up and then had a change of heart after seeing how it worked? Definitely, you know, because there are definitely members in the Lakewood community who look at an, an organized sports program as something that's not necessarily where they want, where they see themselves it, for various reasons. I can't speak for them because I don't agree. I don't agree necessarily with that hashtag, but that's where they see, they see themselves, and they think that it's you know all a bunch of boys trying to act like they're in the NFL. And when they their sons come, we tell them to try it out a week, and their sons come and they have come back on a high that lasts them. We play Friday, so last them through the entire Shabbos, and their son is in a better mood than he's been in, in six months, then they say, you know what, there's something here. Mm-hmm. We've had fathers who didn't know what football was when they signed up their kids, and they became the biggest fans of the game. They came and watched for an hour and a half straight with the tickets flying and cheering on that kid running down the sidelines. Like they never ran before in their life. They were so into it. So it even trickles up a little bit sometimes. Maybe you could turn me into a sports fan. Um, I, I was the kid that was always called last um, in gym class when they were picking teams. So I, but I, what I will say is that um, I have a daughter that plays volleyball and she missed one of the throws somewhere. And whenever I would miss a ball, they'd always be like, Allison. But like, they were so nice on her, like, uh, you know, high school yeshiva league. So I think maybe, hopefully the Midos are better um, in Jewish sports. So run us, despite my not being a sports person, run us through like sort of how many teams do you have? How many games do you have? Like for someone that's listening and says like, I want to know sort of like the details of how this works, kind of run us through what that looks like practically for the season, how long it is, you know, what the different games are. So we we run a a number of different seasons throughout the year. Right now, our main season ended two weeks ago, but we're running our high school season where we have a ninth grade league and a 10th and 11th grade league. What yeah, What are your um, ages? Let's say that. What are your ages just to begin with? I think our youngest kid this year is probably five, even though we don't really encourage them when they're that young because they, they can't really play a structured game for a, um, an hour and 15 minutes, which is how long our program runs for every week. Mm-hmm. But six or seven, seven-year-olds, I have a seven-year-old. He, um, you know, Tuesday, he starts talking to me about who he's playing that week. If they're better than him, if he thinks he's going to win. And, you know, um, you know, his strategies, seven is really where they hit their, like, where they really start loving it. And we have up to 16, 17-year-olds playing, obviously different age groups for different ages. Our main season starts right after 
Sukkot is our fall season, and that runs for 10 weeks. I'd say we have every, we have three different locations every Friday and um, about 40 to 45 games spread over those locations. That's our main flag football season. And then over the course of the year, we do run our other programs. We're, they're smaller, but um, they cumulatively, they're about the same size, but they run over the course of the year where we end about June time when everyone goes to camp. And what about um, soccer? Is that only offered to the girls there? Or is there a soccer league for the boys too? So we, 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 we tried to break it in for the boys. It has, it didn't take off like we wanted it to. We may try it again, but the, you know, I was the one who decided this again, he is talking. I was the one who said, let's try girls. And um, everyone thought I was pretty crazy, but last year was our second year and we had 95 girls signed up. And, um, you know, then we look forward to, to more growth, but that's for the girls. And it, we have in those games, we have coaches from the uh, from Howell High School actually who come. They teach the game to the girls, and the girls play. And I have three daughters who played and really had a great time. Um, and um, talk to and are are the kids just playing each other? Are they playing like any other leagues? Do you mix with like other groups, or it's only like playing internally? So so it's playing internally, but at, but each each group in our league is a league. That means, for example, if we would have at one location, six, sixth grade, sixth grade teams. So they play an eight week regular season schedule playing those, those, the other five teams. And then the, they play playoffs and, and their own proverbial Super Bowl where they uh, crown the champion. And I, I can tell you that they take it pretty seriously and they want to win that trophy. I, my boys have a flag football league here too, so they definitely. Uh, I, I've seen that uh, firsthand. And um, in terms of the girls, any anecdotes about uh, girls' moods changing, or I don't know, like any any sort of noteworthy stories around girls in soccer? That's, that's a, that's a, it's still a little new for us to have those kind of stories, but one thing I can tell you is that girls can get pretty competitive. <laughs> also. <laughs> it might, might surprise some people, but my, but uh, on the basketball courts, on the soccer field, they want to win probably as much as the boys. I mean, they may not go to as many lengths as the boys to win, but they really want to win. And and the girls have fewer outlets, at least in our community, to for to for exercise. You know, the they, you know a lot of the programs for the girls are more um, like for singing and painting and drama and all those kind of programs. Whereas, and possibly gymnastics, but gymnastics is not for everybody. Whereas mm-hmm. soccer and basketball, really, you may not be the most athletic individual, but you can definitely play the sport. Awesome. Um, do you have any kids that have, like what happens if someone's sort of like at the top of the top? Is there any place that they could go sort of beyond your league to, I don't even know what I'm asking exactly, but is there a way, like I had a woman here, a firm woman who was playing ice hockey and she joined a league as an adult um, and she was able to work it around Shabbos. Is there any place for a kid with a lot of talent to kind of continue or you haven't come across that yet? Or There is an adult league, um, it's a Shabbos adult league that, that uh, plays pretty high quality games. And uh, it's also very competitive. There's married guys, there's Spanish guys playing in it. Um, shout out to the RZF team because we sponsored a team there and uh, they're two and two and they're all our alumni. So, who, um, yeah, definitely the, it, goes, it goes to higher levels, but nothing, uh, 
nothing that takes up uh, someone's life or like uh, that they put the full time into. No one's going to the NFL yet. Not yet. Not yet. That's <laughs> not really our, our goal. Um, All right, I understand. Yeah, and you know, it, it, the 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 leap from the top players in the from community in the over, broad from community to the, to actually playing in the NFL is quite a leap, I would say. <laughs> anyway, so we we may have some talented players, and when we played in Israel, there were some superstars. But to take take it to the next level is definitely difficult. Um, and any plans for the future um, besides like organic growth? Do you see uh, launching any other divisions or any other changes to uh, the the way you're doing things now? So it happens to be for, for about six years, our main focus was flag football. And the last couple of years, we decided to branch out a little bit, see what people go for and see what's popular. Um, that's why the, our, our girls division only launched within the past 24 months. We did start in conjunction with the local Sky Zone, a dodgeball, a trampling dodgeball league, which, is, which was very popular this past season. You know, it's really within the, the sports world and within the sports community, we look for opportunities. Now, there are others that run programs. There's a baseball league in the, in, in the springtime. There is a basketball league. And we, we're not looking to step on anybody else's toes. We're looking to, to, you know, we're happy for them to have what they have, for us to have what we have. And, you know, we want all of us to be successful. We're not looking to expand into other sports because those people are, are there already. So we look for opportunities that branch out, natural opportunities that, that branch off of what we're currently doing. I love it. It really sounds like there are a lot of opportunities here. And I love that, um, you know, the Roshi Yeshiva and the Rebbeim are encouraging it. Um, it just, it, it sounds like how, how life should be. And to hear, you know, these kids thriving and, uh, you know, getting to be physically healthy, mentally healthy. Um, it's, it just seems like what it should be. So um, it's really a tremendous service that you're doing uh, for the community. And um, we're so grateful for uh, you to give us stories to tell. So uh, Thank you so much for doing this, and you should have continued Hatzlacha. Amen. Thank you very much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank, yes, thank you very much. And if any of our listeners want to find out how to sign up for themselves or a friend or relative, um, where can they go for more information? So they can always give me a call or text me. This is Yitzhi Levy at 917-533-7005, and we'll be happy to have them. Amazing. Okay, thank you so much and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.